Super 90s Brothers. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddy? There's no crying! There's no crying in baseball! That's right. There is no crying in baseball. Well, there didn't used to be anyway. Now people are weeping it up all the time. That's really true. People cry in sports all the time, even like professional athletes. Like, you always see, like, you know, after someone loses a game, like, there's just like that that guy who's just on the sideline or in the dugout just, like, crying really hard. Yeah. Um, Joey Cora, 1995 Mariners, crying like a little bitch in the in the dugout after we lost in the ALDS. I don't really think... Or AL, uh, ALCS. Crying like a little bitch is not the most appropriate term to be using in this episode. Um, <laughs> well, Joey Cora is not a, you know, not a woman, so... <laughs> Uh, no, I have I like categorize them differently. I was watching the UFC uh, pay per view uh, like a week and a half ago, and Amanda Nunez won. She beat Cyborg to unify the two women's championships, and she started crying and she was screaming, "I did it! I did it!" And I like felt like crying. I was like so happy for her, and I don't know. She had overcome all the odds to be like the all time greatest women's fighter champion of all time, and I know that it's like you know, Cro-Magnon shit to say that like dudes aren't allowed to cry, but I'm sorry. They're just, they're, they don't give it. They don't get as much of a free pass. They just don't. I cry. I mean, I, and I don't cry all the time, but I, I, when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, I cried. Um, tears of joy are to me, to me, tears, I guess. All right, let's clarify. I'm, I, I am okay with tears of joy from men or women. I'm not okay with tears of loss or tears of like, if you lose the big game, you shouldn't cry understandable so i know that's well, that's a very nuanced opinion and you all are allowed to have your own nuanced opinions or say that mine is full of shit and if you'd like to tell me mine is full of shit how can they contact us brennan you can contact us by emailing us at super 90s brothers at gmail.com and super 90 brothers is all spelt out um so yeah uh email us your questions there tell adam like why he shouldn't use the term bitch in the podcast um, and when, in referring to crying. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the kind of emails we want, Brennan. No, tell yes. tell us your own opinions on crying or tell us, tell, tell us a time that you cried like a bitch and that you wish you hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's a good lead into wait, 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 wait. I've got, afternoon. I, I've got one. All right. I've got a okay. time I cried like a bitch. Do you, do you, we should do this. Um, we'll each share a time we cried like a bitch that we shouldn't have when i was 17 in high school i got the lead role in the odd couple and for some reason after like a month of rehearsal the drama teacher like canceled the show mostly because the rest of my cast sucked let's be real and uh i like cried and i to this day i feel like a bitch about it and then like a month later he apologized and reinstated the show so i ended up doing it anyway Oh man, I really want to stop using the term bitch. <laughs> All right, well you can use a different term for the time you cried like one. <laughs> uh, I remember crying really hardly um in sadness when I was a senior in high school and I had just like had my like it was like a really kind of a, it was a really short relationship. I decided like I dated this girl I like 
for like a day. I wouldn't really really call her dating. It was just like I we started we started dating for like a day and you went, held her hands at recess. Out, and I and I held her hand and I kissed her. She was like uh like I think she might have been one of my first kisses. And um and and then the that that night or the night after this all happened, uh she like called me, she was just like, I don't think this is gonna the work kiss out. Was, and I was the kiss was so and, bad, Brennan. I'm sorry, I can't do this. And so, and I and I was devastated. Um, How old were you? I was a senior in high school. I told you that. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. So, hang on. Don't say this was one of my first kisses. It either was your first kiss or it wasn't. This was my first kiss. Yes. Wow, that's that's. Yeah. She's she's cold. She's hard. Yeah. Oh well. Did I, I think know her? I, uh, no. It, you know what's funny is that she. I, she went to Ferris too, um, but she um, she was like a basketball player, and I met her through like a mutual friend, um, and we like went and saw like American Pie together with, in a group of friends. Um, so yeah, the 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 kind of the, the the tying bond between us was that her name was Bryn, and you know my name's Brennan, and um, she was like she was like six three, and I was like six one, and like so like. Guys didn't want to date her because she was so tall. Um, um, oh my god! So yeah, that, I could that. Okay, no, that, that's a all right. I I accept that. Uh, <laughs> I I'd love to have more conversation with you about what it's like being with six three women. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> <For sure. laughs> maybe, maybe another uh, time. <laughs> all right. So now that we were now we're done talking about. Our first time, not our first time, but cr- crying. Times we regret sad. crying. Let, let's uh, let's move on. Um, keep on reviewing us. We still need those five star reviews. Uh, so get on iTunes, give us those five stars. It would mean a lot to us. Um, and uh, yeah, I, um, I will say that I about that. He will say that about that, and I'll say this about this. We want to uh, extend a, another thank you to our awesome. Show tune creator, uh, the intro song you hear at the beginning and end of every episode of Super, Super 90s Brothers was written and performed by a guy named Eric Skiff, and he's kind enough to let us use his music, and we just wanted to give him a shout-out. Uh, it's really become kind of a uh, a brand for us. We've been, branding, we've been branded by his little uh, 8-bit songs, and uh, we do appreciate him letting us use it. He's very talented. Yes, thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's talk about this. Our 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 latest entry to Super 90s Brothers. This week's episode is all about one of my all-time favorite movies from the 90s, A League of Their Own. Ow! That's right. Um, one of the reasons why we're doing this show is because in early December or mid-December, uh, director of the movie, Penny Marshall, passed away. Um, Ow! And for, yeah, for... For those of you who don't know, she directed. Yeah, she directed League of Their Own. She directed Big. She directed. Uh, give me the rest of the list, Adam. Uh, Renaissance Man with Danny DeVito. Uh, Preacher's Wife with Denzel. Ryan and Cars with Boys with. Um, wasn't that Ricky Lake and uh, Drew Barrymore? Yeah, maybe it was. And and she also had a, a very amazing um, comedian career uh, as an early comedian in the '60s and '70s. Laverne and Shirley, uh, the Mork and Mindy power hour or whatever that was called with the fawns and uh 
littered throughout all your favorite comedic shows throughout the 70s, 80s, even into the 90s, making guest appearances on this and that. There are many in the comedic community that had a lot of respect for Penny Marshall, and as did we. And we thought we'd pay homage to a, a great early comedian by what we probably consider is this and big is probably her best work. And Brennan loves this movie. So yeah, a league of their own podcast is dedicated to Penny Marshall and all the people that love her work. Absolutely. Um, so let's just dive right into it. Let's, uh, let's give you a little, if you haven't ever seen a league of their own, let me, let me just tell you what the movie's all about. Um, oh, we'll, we look forward to these. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's, it's a movie about an all-girls baseball league. That's basically what the movie's about. Follows the the inception of the league, how it got started, um, and it's basically shown through um, the, the the best player in the league, um, Gina Davis's character. Um, and Adam, do you just go ahead and do this? I cannot do this at all. I'm but, so bad at giving synopsis, and I'm not even to make try anymore. You that you missed the shtick, all right? The whole shtick is that I let you flounder around for a few minutes trying to make sense of whatever garbled nonsense is coming out of your mouth, and then I start <laughs> laughing at you, and I start explaining how bad you are at synopses. And and we we I so every week I write in our little show notes that I'm going to do the synopsis. So this week I'm like I'm going to let Brennan do it, and I'm going to let him fall on his face. I'm going to tease him, and he's deprived <laughs> us all of that just now. He he is he's called time out. Before the big shot, and decide he's gonna let a coach throw the ball, throw the ball to another player because he doesn't want to take the shot. That's what just happened. I I want to spare our audience of me having to explain this movie because like there's so spare many them. ways to explain this. There's so many ways to explain this movie and what it's about, and uh, it would just be better if we just you know give a nice smooth synopsis of it instead of me like trying to explain it bit by bit. Okay, so since Brennan didn't want to take the shot. I'll take the shot, the synopsis shot. All right, A League of Their Own is about two sisters, played by Gina Davis and Lori Petty. Help me out with their character names again, Brennan. It was like Betty, Betty, and it's, Betty. It's not, it's, it's not Betty. Uh, it's Gina's, Gina Davis's character's name is. Um, oh my goodness, Adam! I why can I the not Queen of Diamonds? This? The Queen, the of, Queen Diamonds. of Diamonds. And and um, Lori Petty's name is Kit. Brennan, you can look this up while I finish the good. synopsis. I'll just call her Queen of Diamonds and Kit. So the Queen of Diamonds, Gina Davis, is like this kind of butch, uh, big, tall, strong farm girl. And her and her sister are playing Dottie, like Dottie this, Henson. Like, Dottie Henson. Thank you. Dottie and Kit are Gina and Gina Davis and Lori Petty. And they're these two like farm girl sisters in like Oregon or some shit. And they're pl- they're like barmaids and uh, or excuse me, milkmaids. And they're playing in, like, this dairy league. And there's some scout watching them play at the beginning of the movie. And Gina Davis is, like, the best player on the field. And so after the game, she's, like, milking the cows or whatever. And it's John Lovitz. And he comes in, and he's like, oh, I saw you play. I think you're great. You know, we, we're forming a women's league. And they, they find out that he, they're paying a lot more than they're making now. And so there's financial incentive. And then Gina Davis essentially says she'll only join the league if her little sister gets to come, too. And so John Lovitz agrees to allow them both to come to some big tryout in the, in like the middle of the country. So then like the two of them like go to this big tryout and they meet all these other like girls and there's like Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. And there's this one like kind of, and her character is supposed to be ugly. I'm not just calling her ugly because I'm a dick. I mean, I'm a dick, but this isn't why I'm calling her ugly. 
her, there's this ugly girl named Marla Hooch, who's like this really badass hitter. She's like the best hitter that they've seen, other than maybe Gina Davis. Um, so anyway, they they go to this tryout, and her and Kit and uh, the women I just mentioned all make the Rockford Peaches. And they're going to start this league, and there's like four teams, and they they need more publicity. The league needs more publicity, so they decide they decide to hire Jimmy Dugan, who's sort of like this boozy ex baseball player, um, to coach their team. And this dude is like a complete alcoholic wreck of a dude at the beginning of the movie, and he thinks girls baseball is stupid, and he doesn't want to coach it. But they pay him, and he's broke, and he's a he's a drunk ass, so he decides to do it anyway. So. Long story short, the league forms and there's four teams and the main girls are on the same team and they got to like, you know, win the championship and they go, they got to go through like the struggles of a new league and they face sexism and like, I don't know what year it was. I want to say it was like the, it had to be like the 19, late 1930s, right? Because it was World War II era. So um, anyway, uh, Dottie and Kit, um, are on the same team, and then Kit gets traded to the rival team. And then they meet up in the World Series, and they gotta battle it out. And they learn lessons about sisterhood, and life, and about sports. And there's actually a lot of really good baseball in the movie, surprisingly. It's not like Remember the Titans or some shit, where they try and tell you it's about football, but there's no fucking football in it. No, there's actually, like, a lot of baseball in this movie. And... Anyway, Jimmy Dugan learns that women are people too, <laughs> and, and that he, he can be he can manage them. And uh, in the end, there's this great World Series, and the season was a success, and all the women become lifelong friends. Yep, that's that's it. That's that's a league of their own. Um, in the that, in that, the show, true. yeah. I, the I don't know if there's any uh, anything that you missed. I, I I believe this movie takes place in the forties. I don't believe America entered the world, entered uh, the World War II until the forties. Um, so, but um, so yeah, I mean, the reason why you know the idea was that men, like all the men, were going to war, and so they so they decided to. This is based on a true story, and so and so this really happened in the forties, and they basically in the upper Midwest um, they created this girls' baseball league for you know, the people around there and cause it, cause owners of, um, baseball were nervous that, that base, the major league baseball was going to have to, you know, be, be shut down for a little while during, for the world war. And that never actually happened. Um, but so this league was created and, and thus this movie was created later to, you know, tell these people stories. Um, but yeah, um, so what do you, do you remember when you saw this for the first time, Adam? Yeah, I saw it actually really young. Um, my uh, my mom's favorite uncle was kind of obsessed with Gina Davis at the time. And I have a bunch of family that is from like Tennessee, Kentucky area. And a handful of them got to be extras in this movie, actually. They were all told to go to this one ballpark and dress like it was like the early you know, 1940s. And I guess there was like some other, co there was like some costume people there that would help you fix it up or would say, no, that doesn't work. And they would kick you off the set or whatever. But, uh, so this movie was, was kind of a big deal in my household because my uncle was like this, or my great uncle, I guess, was this big fan of Gina Davis. And we had family that were supposedly in it. So I don't remember like the exact first time I saw it, 
but there was a you've talked about like this bad vhs you had when you were a kid that had like alf and like i don't know it had howard the duck and like he-man on it on the same day and you would like watch it all the time so when i was in second grade i had this one vhs that was like fern gully a league of their own and Ernest scared stupid and that was like my equivalent of that to you and i i remember watching this like all summer one like all the time one summer when i'd be like doing other stuff i just like put it in and like watch it and then i'd like color i'd play with my ninja turtles or whatever and um so i've seen it a lot like a lot a lot and i always thought it was just really good it was a really fun baseball story obviously gina davis was in her absolute prime she's a beautiful woman and she's very pretty in this role um, she's got those great dimples that just kind of light up a screen. And, uh, yeah, I always thought it was really good. I always thought it was really fun, entertaining. I liked the characters. I thought it was funny, but I thought it was also like eventful and the base. And I said, again, the baseball scenes were actually good. Um, so yeah, I started watching it really young and liking it a lot. What about you? Um, I, yeah, I definitely remember, uh, I remember seeing, I saw it in the theater with my neighbor. Um, it came out in, July of 1992, um, and we would go to movies a lot in the summer, and because uh, it was there was a theater like not that far down the road from us, um, and yeah, I remember going to, and seeing it, and because like I was I was really into baseball. Um, oh man, that dog! Yeah, my dog, <laughs> my dog is barking. Hang on, don't stop the show. Uh, Keep going. No, I know. I'll get her. Uh, and so we went and saw the, so we went and we went to, went and saw it. And, uh, I was really into baseball, um, was when I was a little kid, I played throughout, you know, in my entire time in like elementary and junior high. Um, and I love baseball movies. It doesn't matter if it's uh rookie, rookie of the year, which we've done a league of their own, um, Sandlot, Sandlot which we Sandlot. Oh, this is our third baseball movie. I didn't think about that, but I just love baseball movies. And honestly, this is probably my favorite. This has to be my favorite baseball movie. Um, wow! And I think you hit on you hit on it earlier. It's probably because there's actually baseball played in this movie, <laughs> like a ton of baseball. Uh, yeah. Um, I uh, I sent uh, I sent you an uh, uh, interesting stat earlier, which I thought was like really really interesting. Is that uh, Lori Petty, who plays Kit, who's like the the pitcher, uh, she pitched the equivalent of like how much a regular baseball pitcher pitches in a regular season. Um, and I so was for like, people that's... that don't know, for people that don't know that that's, that's a lot of fucking throwing a baseball. That's, that's like an incredible amount. Like, um, so MLB starters usually make like 20 to 30 starts in a year and they'll average like, you know, 80 to a hundred pitches in each of those starts. So we're talking like 2,500 pitches. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this movie, this I've, I, I always say, is this very nostalgic for me. I watch this movie yearly. This movie's like it's. I don't know if it's if you really call it syndicated, but it like it's it's constantly on TV. Um, and actually, I just picked up. I was I was at the uh, I was at Walmart a couple weeks ago, and there was like a five dollar bin, and uh, I was buying some movies for my kids, and I was like, oh, a league of their own, and I uh, bought it on Blu-ray, and uh, I haven't watched it yet, but. Um, for five bucks, for five dollars, yeah. So oh, that's a good deal. But yeah, my my memories of this are, yeah, I've watched it probably every year since it came out. Like I'd had it on VHS, um, and it's just one of those movies that it's just it's it, it 
it really meant a lot to me when I was a little kid. So, so what's your what's the most appealing thing about the movie to you? Like when you rewatch it, um, the acting in it. Um, I would say Tom. Like I would say it's very, it's very, it's funny watching this movie and like thinking about Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks is easily one of the greatest actors of all time, um, and I think his his portrayal of Jimmy Dugan is like, isn't is a really really good character. Like, and and you almost sometimes forget that Tom Hanks is even in this movie. Like, at least I like it's just, and there's just a lot of good performances. You mean you have Gina Davis, you have Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell, and then um, uh, remind me, I mean, uh, I who the guy who plays I R Lowenstein, the guy who's like kind of like the commissioner of the league. Um, the old he's also the old really guy. Famous. No, uh, not Gary you're Marshall. About, you're uh, David Strathern. Yeah, that th- him. Uh, he's in it. And he has a really. He's really good in it. Um, the yeah, just the performances from all the characters and just like the story. Like I thought they did a really good job of telling, like giving you a lot of story in this movie about all the characters, but also still intertwining it into like one made big story about the girls' baseball league. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, as, uh, as someone like me, you probably wouldn't guess that I really like a league of their own that much. Would you, would you, I, I wouldn't suspect that I would just suspect that you probably don't like this movie that much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you'd be wrong. I actually like it a lot. I think there's a lot of great filmmaking in it. I think you hit on it that Tom Hanks is great in it. Gina Davis is great in it. The other characters are fun. It's got a fun, fast pace. It's like, it's for a period piece, it's done really well. You know, with the old bus rides driving between town and town to town, the old dialogue and the way the hair was and the way the ladies were on the road trips. I mean, there's there's a lot to really in, enjoy about this movie. But also, watching it as such a young man, like I was like eight years old or whatever, I remember like learning a lot too. I remember learning about uh, you know, some history of women and, and it was, a it offered me a lot of perspective on how things have changed and how different, like my mom was from the women in this film, which was, you know, 50 years later or so. And so I, I found it more or less educational as an eight year old, but, but also supplemented by all the awesome baseball scenes, which were very well done, very well directed. It's one of the reasons why I thought it would be a great homage to Penny Marshall that I, I just thought she hit a, to, to, put a pun in she hit a grand slam on this movie like she just did a really good job with casting directing lighting um the pacing it was very well received at least at least i remember it was we'll get more specific on that when we play our rotten tomatoes game later but that would be my favorite thing and then so if you had to pick a favorite character who do you think you'd pick um you know i'd have to probably go with i i I don't. I had maybe Rosie O'Donnell. She provides a lot of comic relief in this movie, and is really she's funny. Um, I, I think she's kind of my favorite character. I really like Marla Hooch. Um, she's she's great. Gina Davis is great. Uh, I but I have to go with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan is. It's a classic character. It, it has he has one of the 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 greatest. Well, not greatest. Well, yeah, maybe greatest. One of the most quotable lines in like movie history. With uh, there's no crying in baseball. Me and Abby will constantly, you know, refer to that line in other scenarios, like, like to our kids. To like, your... There's no crying. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, 
there's no crying and going to the swimming pool. There's no crying and like we'll like we'll like just take that line and say like there's no crying and and baking. Or, you know, like I don't know. We'll I, we use that line a lot in our lives. Um, and you have dressed up as Jimmy Dugan for Halloween a couple of times, right? Yeah, I uh, one uh, Halloween about three years ago, Abby bought she bought the the outfits, and uh, I've yeah, I've, and it costs fifty dollars. So I'm like, I'm gonna have to make use of this Halloween outfit multiple times. Uh, but yeah, when you go out with um with her, like when I go out with Abby, it's like it's a very like oh, it's like you're Jimmy Dugan, you're you know, Gina Davis or, you know, baseball player. Uh, but uh, I wore it out last year for Halloween and Abby didn't come with me and nobody got it. <laughs> I just so, look, so like in a, other words, look like a baseball player. <laughs> so that that tells us what we already knew. Abby made you. That That's true, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My favorite character, hands down, is the agent or the recruiter or the scout, however you want to call him, played by John Lovitz. This was a couple years after John Lovitz was on SNL, but it was a little bit, it was right around the time John Lovitz's career was really taking off. I'm, I'm a huge John Lovitz fan. I think he's just hilarious. There's, there's multiple roles where I can watch and rewatch and just enjoy him again and again and again. I find him so funny for whatever reason. He just, he just strikes me just right. Um, and there's actually a really interesting story about this. So I don't know if you remember the the early '90s cartoon called The Critic. It came out in ni- like 1993, and it was starring John Lovitz as like a movie critic. Do you remember the show? Yeah, it was on Comedy Central, right? Uh, it was it was it was on Fox actually, and then it it oh, aired it? later. Yeah, it aired much later on Comedy Central, but this was before Fo- uh, Comedy Central was even around. This was a Fox show, and it used to be on the Sunday Night lineup with Simpsons, if I'm not not mistaken. It was like Simpsons and the Critic. Um, okay. So anyway, the I was I I love the Critic. It's like one of my favorite cartoons ever. And I bought like the box DVD set, and there's all this like extra commentary on it. And they were saying that while they were writing the pilot for the Critic, they went and saw a League of Their Own, and they couldn't shut up about how funny they thought John Lovitz was. Like everything he says in this movie is fu- like funny. Like I everything he says is funny. I, there's this great line where he goes, oh, you know me, going to go home, have a shower and a shave, give the wife a little pickle tickle, and I'm on my way. Like, he's – the dude is just – he delivers it better than I do. But he's – long anyway, so the writers of The Critic said, we have got to get this guy involved in our project. We just think he's so funny. And the original project was like a – sort of like a morning variety show, and the film critic was just like a small character in it. And the more they wrote it, the more they realized that he was, like, by far the funniest thing about it. And John Lovitz committed to doing The Voice. And then they sold him on the idea of just making the show all about him being a film critic. And that's when the show got picked up. So in a roundabout way, A League of Their Own helped create The Critic, which I think is just an amazing comedy. And I'd love to do a show on it if you were more familiar. And I definitely recommend it to people that like like Simpsons and Family Guy and Rick and Morty. And if you like cartoon humor that's a little adult, you'll like The Critic. Yeah, I remember. I, I do remember watching the critic when I was when I was younger, and it definitely, it's definitely a, a drier humor in the vein of like, and more like um, I would say Family Guy than The Simpsons. Um, but yeah, there is. Who? Do, never mind. We won't get. We'll, yeah, we could possibly do a show on it. I think I could. I could probably go back and watch some episodes, and you know, learn and and relive it. 
So, uh, who else, who else? I know, and you have someone else that you really want to talk about in this scene. Oh, you want to talk about that? So, what is your favorite scene in the movie? Um, <laughs> favorite my, scene? My, like, yeah. my, yeah, my my absolute favorite scene is when it's like about two thirds of the way through the movie, and I can't remember if they're on a losing streak or just if uh, Kit and uh, Dottie are fighting. But they're kind of at like this dive bar in the Midwest, and Marla Hooch, the kind of ugly designated hitter girl, or maybe she's a second baseman, I don't remember, um, is like karaokeing It Has to Be You, and she's like drunk off her ass, and she's like, It has to be you. It's, it's just, it's hilarious. It's hysterical. And she, I think she meets like her husband that night and like gets married to him, and that, that scene always cracks me up. And then, there's a scene earlier in the movie where Dottie and Kit and John Lovitz are like, I think they're in Chicago and they're in sort of like an indoor batting cage or something. And Marla Hooch has taken BP and she is just killing the ball all over the yard. She's, and I, I think she might've been a left-handed hitter, which may have been the reason I liked her so much. Cause I was a lefty hitter um, growing up. And anyway, it's, it's one of the first, and you could tell that it's not some sort of stunt. Like the actress they cast to play this this character was a really good hitter, at least between takes. So I don't know. I was, I was just always impressed by that. Do you have a favorite uh, scene? She, favorite scene? Um, oh man, I just had. I was thinking about all the scenes in my head, and I uh, and I lost it. Uh, talking about, and it'll come to me. Uh, talking about you know this the girls and and women playing baseball in this movie. Uh, one of the one of the big. Um, you know, they, they, all the girls in this movie had to play, know how to play baseball. Like they held a tryout, um, before this, for the movie or a, an audition, I would say. And they had like 2000 girls show up to this audition and this, like the, the show that they like find girls that could actually play baseball. Um, well, and that's a good of, idea. <laughs> well, of course. And then, but, um, but all the girl, all the girls in the movie are, uh, they performed all their, own stunts i think there was a couple of like not they did all the like there's a scene where um i don't know if it's betty spaghetti or one of the they ha one of the girls gets a really bad like raspberry sliding like sliding into a base and like that's an actual like strawberry that she got from like sliding. oh wow like, and so but yeah they perform and, like we mentioned i mentioned like how Lori petty kit like she learned how to pitch and um Interesting side note to all this is that so the movie was originally originally cast Deborah Winger as um as Dottie Henson, but oh. two days before two days before the movie was to be filmed, she dropped out. Um, I don't know the story behind that, but so then they had to find they had to find the replacement, and so they they got Gina Davis, and I, I and I was thinking back on that like. This movie would be so different if Deborah Winger was the lead in it than Gina Davis. Like, oh, oh um, yeah, Gina. First of all, Gina Davis has got to be like what four inches, maybe five inches taller than Deborah Winger. It was so much more believable for like this big, strong farm girl to be Gina Davis, who's like a catcher, power hitter. Like Deborah Winger, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not a. I'm not particularly a big fan, and I just don't see her as a ball player at all. Do you? I mean, 
I, I think I don't know Deborah Winger's like filmography that well. I mean, I remember her from uh, like Urban Cowboy with John Travolta, and that's like from the early '80s. Um, but I don't legal yeah I mean, legal eagles with Robert Redford. I think. Uh yeah 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 um uh, yeah it, just, it doesn't she's she's smaller than yeah she she's not like a big presence like Gina Davis is like um so like yeah I I and I, I not, and, it, and to to be frank not nearly as pretty like Gina Davis was just gorgeous in her prime I think absolutely um but favorite scenes um one of probably my favorite one of my favorite scenes is when. So after they select the teams and they select all the the women to be in the league, they all the all the girls have to go do like hey, uh, they have to do like oh, kind of oh, like yeah. social training, like and it's kind of like a little montage of them like learning learning etiquette and being a lady, and um, and then uh, so they're and, but they're like going through a lineup of girls and like this this woman's like telling them what kind of hairstyle she should have and they're like going through. And like, oh, very nice, very nice, and you know, very nice, and like giving little, you know, hit, like ideas of how to better look better. And then they get the Marla Hooch, and then the 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 character asks, um, "What do you recommend?" She's like, "A lot of night games." <laughs> <laughs> I forgot um, about that line, but you're right. That is a great uh, scene. All the women are going through like Stepford wife training, essentially. <laughs> right, uh, and so. And there's this, there's a, there, you know, Marla, like Marla's character, like provides a lot of like, uh, just a lot of comic relief in that, in that, in that movie, in the movie. Like there's another scene where they're like, it's like, uh, you know, back in the forties, you'd go see a movie and they'd do like a newsreel. And, uh, they did like this little newsreel of, you know, the girls baseball league and they'll, and then they cut to like Marla Hooch's character and they're like, Marla Hooch, what a hitter. And it's just like her like standing out at second base, like waving. It's like really far away shot. Um, so you can't so see your face. So you can't <laughs> see your face. Uh, that's no, that's funny. Uh, but um, all right. There's a lot of so good scenes. I, there's a lot. Of, so very. It's a very memorable movie for. So uh, so you think so you think the movie holds up, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I it's one thing I will say about like these these movies that are period pieces is like, especially in this one, like you can like watch this in the two thousands and it's not like, it doesn't feel dated at all because, because it's a, you know, it's an historic movie. Um, and so that, so in that bit, it like makes it, you know, very, like very like replay, like not replayable, but like, yeah, it holds up totally. Like this movie, like should never be remade. Like, Okay. And okay. So, so Brennan, you you identify as a feminist, don't you? I would. I wouldn't say I'm a. I, I would say I'm a feminist. I have. I believe in feminist values. I believe in like. But I don't. It's not like I. It's more of like I believe in women's rights. Like you, you, in, you would burn your bra though. Um, I'm not familiar with that. That what, <laughs> what you just said. Um, <laughs> So How I are you not familiar with the bra burning? <laughs> I, I, I'm you just call not, yourself, no, no. And you call yourself a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, listen. Listen, I want to give you a, a little bit of an opportunity to debate here. Because okay. I, we have a mutual friend 
who also who's a man who also identifies as a feminist or a feminist supporter who finds this movie uh sexist and uh he finds it a contradiction and i'd like to give you some of his points and hear you respond to them um and i didn't okay. prep brennan i didn't prep brennan about this because i thought it'd be more fun um so i'm gonna read you so i i contacted this gentleman and, and asked him to restate his problems and he said uh, my biggest issues with it are the fact that it's supposed to be empowering the feminist movement, but Dottie basically checks out as soon as her husband is home. And plus, the rivalry with her and Kit is the tired old butch versus pretty trope. And for a feminist movie, none of them come off particularly strong. For example, Betty Spaghetti when her husband dies and the crying blonde girl, etc. Also, the Hall of Fame scene at the end is shit. Dottie acts like she got gut punched to learn that Jimmy Dugan died. But she should have known. Wouldn't it be common knowledge? He was a retired superstar. It feels like cheap sentimentality. So I'd have you respond to those comments. Um, well, let's start with the first one. Um, what was the first one? Can you, that, I, Dottie, that Dottie leaves her team as soon as her husband comes home. Um, you know, there's... Her, her husband was... Was injured. Bill, Pul Bull, in, Bill Pullman, Bill, right? Bill, Bill, Bill Pullman was. He was injured in World War II, and he comes home. This scene happens directly after Betty Spaghetti loses her husband. Like these are things that actually happen to people in World War II. Like this isn't like something that like you know just didn't occur. Like people lost their husbands in World War II, and so they. And so directly after that scene when Betty Spaghetti loses her husband, Bill Pullman shows up knocking at Gina Davis's like bedroom door and now he's home and she's so happy to see him. And like, she's cause like she's in her room crying because of, you know, what happened to Betty. Um, and so, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that like, it's, I mean, these women, the, I'm, I, I guess I will say the, these women weren't, Feminists. They were women that played baseball. Um, they were women in the 40s that were just helping their country be distracted during a time of war. Like, I mean, to say that these women were feminists would be like, you I mean, femini fem feminism even really exist at this time, anyways. Like that, that feminism didn't even occur until like the 70s. So, no, I, I mean, I agree. With I, I think you're spot on. I think this was a – it had some drama in it regarding to World War II, which was – and I think many people that didn't live through World War II can never, can never actually conceptualize how horrible it was. But it, it's like the biggest world-changing war ever where you know millions of people were killed or wounded or affected in some way. Like the whole world shape-shifted afterwards, the whole – political dynamic shape-shifted it was like the most major crisis of our time and i don't think any of us can ever actually conceive how awful it was and how much it affected others and so to take pot shots at how the women should have behaved about those emotions you know 70 years later i don't know it's a little it, it's just a little out of place it's a little like the baby it's cold outside argument it's it's a, it's it's a little like i don't know it's like applying it's applying algebra to basic math to me, and it doesn't it doesn't need to apply there. Like, uh, 
like plus minus <laughs> is one thing and solve for X is another. Um, and so I, I think, I think you're spot on actually. I didn't prep Brendan for this question, but I think that's a great answer. Yeah. I mean, and I'll just continue on by saying like it, the, all these women in the movie are very, very strong characters. Like they're all very, like they, and I would say like, if anything, it like the sexism is that these men created this baseball league and made these women wear skirts and like and that would and it would be sexist if they decided in the movie let's have them wear skirts instead of wearing pants like they did in real life but like in reality this was the league like they made these women well they didn't wouldn't make they didn't make them but they had these women like wear Ab dress like abby like they abby had, made you right they had they had these women <laughs> they had these women wear skirts playing baseball which you know like isn't necessarily like very appropriate or like uh you know uh i guess like it's not like yeah it's, you got to slide <laughs> right um all right and they even have a scene right, about they even have a scene about that when they're bringing out when they're bringing it like after the teams are set like and they bring out the girls like here is what you'll be wearing ladies and they're all like they're all like talking amongst themselves like but you know they do it anyways, but that was just that was the time, and like yes, it was sexist, and but, but it was I, the forties. But it was the forties, correct? And there was a lot of sexism back in the forties. Well, the culture so. was so different. I don't even know if you. I mean, some of it was blatant sexism. Some of it was just cultural. And I, I, I try not to give broad strokes over decades and eras that I wasn't privy to. You know what I mean? Like, how right, often for does sure. somebody tell? How often does somebody tell you something? That they have no idea what they're talking about, and you do, and you have to like remind them of like several differences and nuance that they don't understand or couldn't comprehend, and it pretty much you know torpedoes their whole argument. I feel like you could do that a lot with criticism of eras past. There's so much other For stuff sure. going on that you're that you're just leaving out, and you're so cherry picking little tiny details and facts to support your your basis of thinking. Anyway. Um, it, so it, it would be like, it would, sorry, I, I will say it would be like if they decided to make this movie and then have all these women be feminists in the movie and like, and make, and because like that would be what would happen today is that they would make this movie be a more, it'd be like a me too movie and it would, they would have characters that are against a very against it. There would have been very much like that. There would have been. If it was made the day, yeah. there would be something in the movie that would to touch on that. But since mm -hmm. this was made in the '90s and that didn't exist, they didn't. They didn't Marla, do it. Which Marla, I don't, they, Marla Hooch would hold a big press conference saying, "Like, don't judge me by the, you know, by the way my face looks. Judge me by the content of my second base hood." <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, real quick, do you have any other favorite Gina Davis movies of that era? We don't need to go into them. I just want to know. I'm trying to think of other Gina David movies, like off the top of my head, that I, because I haven't looked at her. Um, the Fly, The Fly is good. I don't know if that's oh, that's the Fly. 90s. The Fly is so good. It's it's more like uh, I think it was like '86 maybe or so. Yeah, it's, but it was a little bit earlier. The Fly is so good, though. I love The Fly. Um, uh, I feel like uh, obviously this, Gina Davis was Gina Davis was on. I feel like this is like at the end of Gina Davis's Hollywood career. I feel like. I think it was definitely around the time it was kind of peaking or on the downturn of the peak. 
Um, you know, Thelma and Louise, I think, came out like a year or two later. I think that's probably her most well-known movie. Yes, and, for sure. And by the way, she's just great in it, which is – it's not my favorite movie, but it is a really good movie. And she – again, she's just excellent in it and still just stunning to look at. Like Gina Davis in the early to mid-90s was just stunning. She was a stunning woman. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. And then uh, let's – we haven't talked at all about Lori Petty, and there's a reason. Because nobody likes Lori Petty in this movie. Like nobody likes Kit. She's so annoying. Kit's like the little sister. She's the tag along. She's a whiner. She's always fighting with Gina Davis about stupid shit. Like Kit is definitely like my least favorite part of this movie. What say you? Uh, I would say she's annoying, but I think she, you know, plays her part well. Um, I think that was, uh, you know, I think they made her character like that on purpose. Um, I no way. Lori Petty's like that in every movie. You know, I only know her from uh, In the Army Now and Tank Girl. Like, I don't know her from much. Oh, much now. oh Tank she's, she's Girl. A, she's, a, she's, in, she's in Free Willy. Um, she's in yeah. Free Willy as well. Um, I, I can never remember, like, anything about Free Willy, except that the little boy is homeless and he gets adopted by Michael Madsen. And uh, then at the <laughs> end, they help free the whale. Like, I couldn't tell you anything else about that movie. And I've probably seen it, like, five times. Yeah. The movie's not I, – I actually – that movie was, like, on rotation with my kids, like, six months ago. And they were, like, wanting to watch Free Willy all the time. And I was, like, oh, this is great. This is, a 90s, this is a 90s movie. Like, I used to watch this movie. And I, re- and I rewatched it. I'm just, like, man, this movie sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Well, it's got Lori Petty, but, yeah. so how good could it be? <laughs> but Lori – yeah, she's not, she's not that good. She They could have probably cast a, a better – Better kit, like someone that De- Deborah Winger. Was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone that would have been a little bit more likable, um, you know, of the time. So they, yeah. Could I? Could I just say on a quick aside? Tank Girl is the stupidest, worst, most boring, lamest, badly written, directed, and acted movie, maybe in the nineties. And and that's a bold ass statement. I hate Tank Girl. Does it have like a cult following? Is there a reason to really have so much vitriol towards it? Because like, it's I wouldn't say it's like I because I've only probably ever seen it once, and it's yeah, it's not it's not good. It ha, it's it's known for being like one of the early like comic book movies. Um, so there's that. maybe that's maybe that's where the following is. There's also like a lot of like punk chicks that like think it's cool that you know she lives with like these weird kangaroo dog mutants that like hump her while they dance, and I don't know that. It's it's popular amongst like punk women with bad taste. I'll say. Hmm. Okay. Well, I don't hang out with those people, so <laughs> well, not anymore. Not since not um, since Abby made you. Um, gosh. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so we we talked about Penny Marshall, and I thought. And by the way, Brennan, are you at your computer? I'm not. I'm not at my computer. Uh, all right. Well, that's no help. Do All I, right, so do I need to be? <laughs> it might be helpful uh, if you could be. Um, but so what we thought we'd do is we thought we'd play the Rotten Tomatoes score game again. We did this uh, one other time. Uh, I think it was on our Home Alone podcast. And so we are going to guess the Penny, uh, just four or five of the Penny Marshall directed movies, Rotten Tomatoes scores, including this one. 
and I have not looked ahead of time, and I'm assuming you have not, and if you have, just tell me now, and we'll exclude it. I, I have not looked, so. Okay, great. Okay, so, um, in short, there's, you know, uh, we're going to do this with five of her movies, and that includes A League of Their Own, Big, Renaissance Man, Preacher's Wife, and Riding in Cars with Boys. And okay. last time, last time I smoked you, like it, it was like the fifth graders playing the third graders at dodgeball at recess. Like you had no chance. Like you, you didn't even belong in the same field as the fifth graders that day. That, that's fair. Okay. So, and, but the pro, the problem we made was we didn't put any stakes on it. So, oh gosh. The, the stakes on this is whoever loses has to do something humiliating at the beginning or the, no, we'll make it at the end of this show. So at the end of this show, the loser has to do a Gina Davis or Lori Petty impression and they got to do it seriously. You have to actually be trying to do a good job. You can't be trying to sound funny or stupid or, or any woman from, could... yeah, I know that's the point okay. is you're going to suck at it. <laughs> you, know, okay. you, know, you can do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you can't. <laughs> okay, so so the so the loser has to do a, uh, a a line or two in character as one of the prominent women in this movie, and I'll I'll be ambiguous like that. It can be any woman, any line, any character in this movie. Okay. Okay. So, are you at your computer now? I, I'm not at my computer. I cannot. I don't even think I can get to my computer. I'm I'm at work. I'm, can I just can I, I just declare you the loser there? <laughs> I, I'm at work and I'm, uh, all right. All right. I, if I go downstairs and I'll be like in my like Working. worker with all, with all my other coworkers. Okay. Okay. I'll do it. So listen, the first movie on the list, which I'm going to have you pick first while I kind of get set up in my workstation here is we'll do Renaissance man. Um, have you seen Renaissance man? Renaissance man with Danny DeVito and he is a teacher at a military school. Is that correct? Yeah, and it's like Marky Mark is one of the kids in it. Okay, this is like ninety. This is like ninety four. This is this is like after. This is yeah, after it's like ninety four. And that okay, yeah. that really pretty that really pretty black girl, uh, Stacy Dash, is in it, and uh, Gregory Hines is one of the, like drill sergeants or something. So yeah, okay. um, Renaissance Man, go ahead, go you go first. Renaissance Man, um, I'm gonna go with a sixty three. 63. Hmm. All right. I am going to go a little bit lower. Um, I don't think Danny DeVito was all that popular at the time. It's hard for him to carry a movie sometimes. I don't, I don't know that he's ever really successfully carried a movie, to be frank. Uh, even though I do think he's funny in Death to Smoochie, it's not a particularly good movie. Um, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to say 55. All right. And now okay. we should trade We should trade off going one and one. Right. So now... I'll go next with uh, the preacher's wife. So Denzel, family friendly. I think. I think is it Whitney Houston that's his wife in this movie? Do you remember? Yeah, it's it's Whitney Houston for sure. Yes, absolutely. This this seems like one of those movies that white critics will say they liked even if they didn't. So I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go seventy two, and I'll let you go next. Man, I'm trying to go. think of this movie, and I'm trying to think of like if it got nominated for any Academy Awards. Um, I'm well, I haven't say, done any research either. You're not at a disadvantage. You're right. I, I know. Um, you know, I'll seventy-three. I'm gonna go 
I'm going to take, I'm going to go 65. Okay, I don't 65. Think that, I don't think this movie is well received. Okay, all right. Um, the next one, Riding in Cars with Boys. Uh, which is, I think, Drew Barrymore and Ricky Lake. Is that what we said, or is it, is it one it's, or the other? It's it's Drew. It's it's Drew Barrymore's main main character. Um, and what's that movie with Ricky Lake? I don't. I'm. I don't. I have no idea. Um, I, I I'm not familiar with the Ricky Lake movie unless it's like okay. uh, what's that? <laughs> like hairspray? Is that what you're thinking of? No. <laughs> All right, uh, um, Drew Barrymore. It is Drew Barrymore, Steve Zahn, Brittany Murphy, James Woods, uh, Lorraine Bracco, Sarah Gilbert. No Ricky Lake. So I'm okay. not. I Sarah, don't even know Sarah what I'm Gilbert's in that movie, huh? Um, yeah. This. I feel like this movie did good in the box office, but not. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 62. 62 for Brennan. I'm gonna go. Uh, I don't want to play the Price is Right game on you, because that's just kind of cheap. But I do think you're a little high. I'm going to go 56. Um, okay, and uh, the next one, let's do A League of Their Own, so we, which, which we're just talking first, about. And let's, and let's, let's do Big first, and then let's end with League of Their Own. Okay, who just went first? Did you go first? So um, I should go first on yeah, I should go first yeah, on yeah, Big. You go first. Mm-hmm. So Tom Hanks was nominated for Academy Award for Big. Big is one of those movies that, like, for whatever reason, everyone was drawn to. Everyone can relate to. There's that awesome scene with, like, him and uh, Darren – I think it's Darren McGavin on the the great big piano. And there's, like, a lot of lessons about being a kid and being an adult. And it's it's actually a really fun, interesting, unique movie. I think this one's going to be pretty high. I'm going to go – we're going to go 89. Oh, my God. I was going to say 89. Oh. No, it's fine. I, I was going to say 89. Because um, I, I... But you got to go um, above or below then. Yeah, no. Um, big. Go at least two. Big is, go, at least, go at least two above or below. Don't go one or above. That's just cheap. I just can't think this movie was in the 90s. I can't believe this movie would be in the 90s, but Tom Hanks was nominated for Academy Award. I think the writing for this movie was nominated for Academy Award. I'm going to go 92. Okay, 92. All right, going big or go home. Da -da -da. Um, bad pun. <laughs> All right, so up to the matter at hand, a league of their own. Go ahead and – so I went first last time, so you're going to be our closer here. Or you're going to be our eighth inning guy. I'm going to be our closer. Smooth, like I said, it was released in July. There, there were no Academy Award nominations. I believe there might have been a couple Golden Globe nominations, but that doesn't mean much. Bohemian Rhapsody just won Best Picture, and that was like the worst reviewed Golden Globe winner in forever. Um, anyways, I'm gonna go 75. 75, good pick. Um, I'm a little bit lower than you. I think that I think that like our our bitter friend who had all those kind of cherry picked criticism. I think there's gonna be here. Here's the one thing about Rotten Tomatoes that. It doesn't very well represent how the critics felt at the time because it's a conglomerate score as of today. And people can go back and review movies as much as they want. And so people with opinions today give movies plus or minuses that affects their net Rotten Tomato score. And that may not be fair, but I'm going to factor it in. I'm going to go lower than you. I'm going to say 72. 72. I'm going to go just a little 72. bit lower. Okay. okay, so 
we all, we both remember the stakes. Um, so yeah. be thinking about be thinking about what scene you want to do because last time, like I said, I I pwned you. Um, all right. So the first one on our list is Renaissance Man. Let's see how you did, Renaissance Man. All right, Renaissance Man, Rotten Tomatoes, nineteen ninety four. Brennan said sixty three percent. I was lower, fifty five percent. Oh, dude. 12%. Holy cow. Man, we I know, both that's lose awful. that one. Jesus. Well, yeah, but, but by no, the yeah. no, law, I, you, I know you, you lose. I understand how it works. <laughs> Gosh. But, like, that's Dude, terrible. 12%. Oh, my God. Let me... Oh, I gotta read just the quick... There's a fine line between delighting an audience and pandering to it. Renaissance man leapfrogs across the line. In essence, a painfully earnest sitcom. As a highlight, as is, highlights are too often followed by lulls of inactivity or feel-good movements that cause the narrative to drag. As strange as it sounds, DeVito's performance is about the only aspect of the film that isn't wholly fraudulent, if only because his typical feisty abrasiveness protects him from sinking to the level of Marshall's mawkishness. I don't even know what mawkishness means. This has to be the lowest of all of them, right? Oh, I would hope. <laughs> that's That's too bad. All right, so Rotten Tomatoes doesn't like Renaissance Man. Okay, all right, so score one to Adam. Next one is The Preacher's Wife, and Brennan's low man on this one. So we'll see. So Brennan said 65%. I said 72%. And if I could type correctly, I would have this up already so as not to create this lull that we're doing right now. Oh, Brennan. The correct answer was 60% flat. You win. You win that round. Yeah. 60, 60% to Brennan. Denzel one Washington. For one, and one to one. One and one. The series is tied up one to one. This is a five-game series, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the, the Preacher's Wife qualifies as old-fashioned Hollywood movie-making at its corniest and most saccharine, but the mostly African-American cast puts an engaging spin on the chestnut, and it works beautifully. All right, well, that's kind of what I said. The white people that won't like it will say they liked it anyway. That was a, a white guy from San Francisco, so I think I know my market. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's so funny. Brennan gets that one right. So the next one is riding in cars with boys. Brennan said 62%. I was a little bit lower. I said 56%. You're going to win Ooh, this. I won this one. So the correct answer is 49%. So to recap, we've both been too high on all three so far if you can believe that <laughs> so the 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 Got series it. is tied up the series is tied up two games to one uh or excuse me the series is in my favor two games to one critic consensus riding cars with boys suffers from a mixing grit and pathos with cuteness and comedy ironically many critics found zahn's character more compelling and three-dimensional than barrymore's that's interesting what surprise, Ricky Lake movie am I talking about? I have All right, no so idea. Brennan, Brennan, you're you're down two games to one. So I'm going to give you the the option to do League of Their Own first or Big first, as to create more suspense. Which do you feel more confident? You feel more confident that I, you're higher on Big and higher on League of Their Own. Which one do you? I'm think more confident. I'm more confident in League of Their Own. Okay. Okay. Oh. So, so game four, back in Brennan's hometown of. Uh, Spokane, Washington. Brennan gets home field advantage of this game. He's going to try and tie it up with his number two pitcher, uh, Ivy. And uh, we're going to... Uh, I don't know why, but 
instead of typing in League of Their Own, I typed in Brennan. Uh, League of Their Own. <laughs> League of Their Own. So Brennan said 75%. I said 72%. Oh, Brennan! 78%. Scores to Brennan. Ties it up. Two games to two. <laughs> oh, Good gosh. job, buddy. Uh, 70, so we're both pretty close, but you were very close. Uh, that's the closest either of us have been to anything so far. I'm, so, I'm actually okay. kind of nervous. I'm actually kind of nervous for this last one. This is this is Oh, big. me too. This is big this right is, here. This, this is, is big. Game five. <laughs> yeah, game five, uh, dogs and cats, uh, let's, bases loaded, uh, Bre- tie game, I'm up to bat, it's at my home court, back in, uh, San Francisco, we're gonna look at the movie Big, with Tom Hanks, Brennan has 92%, and I have 89%, and if you may recall, Brennan wanted 89%, we'll see if that comes to play. It's going and- to, I know it is. Oh my god, I can't even find it. There's all these stupid Tyler Perry movies that come up. <laughs> Tyler Perry's big happy family. Tyler Perry. <laughs> I can't even find it on Rotten Tomatoes. Hang on, let me find it on Google. Uh, big RT score. This is great radio. Alright, oh, so... God. Oh, fuck! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Dude, oh, 90, 97%. 97%. Holy cow! Are you serious? Big. I'm dead wow. serious. Is that based Shit. off of like 15 reviews? <laughs> no, no. Based on uh, based on 74 reviews, 72 fresh, okay. 2 rotten. Critics consist- consensus. Refreshingly sweet and undeniably funny. Big is a showcase for Tom Hanks who dives into his role and infuses it with charm and surprising poignancy. That's very well said. This is maybe maybe my favorite Tom Hanks role, or maybe my most rewatchable role. I know like Forrest Gump is good, and there's this whole thing that they do in Tropic Thunder about going like half special needs person gets you an Oscar, <laughs> which I thought was right. really funny. You can't go full special needs, but if you go half special needs, um, <laughs> but B- Big is a really good. All right, so Brennan, you you won, you won on the road, you won in Game Five. Um, I won. You win. I I. I... I'd like to, you know, I'd like to thank everyone who, you know, helped me through this. So, all right. So, um, go ahead and thank thank the fans and uh, beg for more reviews while I think of whatever scene I'm going to try and do that's serious that's written by a woman. All right. So, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. So, if you guys enjoy the show, um, please get on to iTunes. Give us those five star reviews. Um, follow us on Facebook. Um, follow you can follow me at on Twitter at Bropo Mode. You can follow Adam at I'm not sure. At Adam Pitzler. Is Adam. It's so at easy. Adam it's, yeah, at Adam Pitzler. At Adam Pitzler, perfect. And uh, you can also follow us at Super Nineties Brothers on Twitter as well. Um, thank you for listening. Um, I gave Adam this stat earlier this uh, this episode. We we do this show for free obviously we're not we're, we don't have sponsors we do it up as kind of like just for fun and uh in the last month we've had over 1200 listens um since december and oh. we can't thank you guys we can't thank our fans enough um 1200 might not seem like a lot in comparison to other podcasts but like for us that's enormous um so thank you for listening and uh and yeah i hope you enjoyed this the show. This was a 
probably even more out there show that we usually do, but like like I like me and Adam both said, we both enjoy this movie a lot, the League of Their Own, and it is it's one of my all time favorite '90s movies. So um, and so with that, um, what line are you gonna oh, do? Adam? All right. Well, uh, the only scene I can seem to remember really well in my head is the scene where Kit finds out she's been traded. So, all right, here we go. So I'm gonna let me get into character a little bit. So what happens is uh, Dottie tells the team to trade her because she's tired of the conflict with her sister. And all the women are sitting around in like their li- like little house, like just joking and laughing and like knitting and and whatever. And like Kit comes in. All right. Crash! I just threw a baseball through the window. I've been traded to racing. You? Oh, I told him to trade me. Oh, right. They'd really trade you, Miss Queen, Miss Perfect. You knew what would happen. Kit! Kit! Don't talk to me! That's, wow. That's all but I, I, was, I, I, thought you might be, I thought you might be reading that off of like... Uh, I. IMDb or something. That was really good, Adam. Um, oh, thanks. No, no, it's all from memory. <laughs> well, uh, I would have had to look up a line to do it. So, yeah, that was it's a, probably that better. Was a very, it's pro- Go ahead. Compliment that, me. That Go was ahead. a very emotional scene. In, that was a very emotional scene in the, in the movie. Uh, so you, you, I think you got it perfectly. Hey, thanks, and uh, thank all of you. And by the way, I'm a man of my word. I always pay my bets. We sh- we're going to make this a regular thing. And uh, believe me, it's going to be a lot funnier when Brennan has to do these things. <laughs> I can't wait. I've got to think up all this juicy shit to make Brennan do in future episodes. You guys will enjoy that. But we enjoy you. And Brennan said we're looking for those five-star reviews earlier. That's all we need, guys. That's all we're asking. We, lo- we love hearing from you. You can reach out to us, super90sbrothers at gmail.com, all spelled out. Tweet us. Get in touch with us. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Ask us about 90 shows. And we will see you guys soon. We're going to be doing a TV show. We haven't figured it out quite yet, or maybe even a video game. We'll let you know. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being a fan. And, uh, yeah, anything else to say, buddy? Um, I don't. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. All right. For, for Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. And this has been another fastball edition of Super 90s Brothers, a league of their own style. All right, everyone be safe. Happy uh, January. Bye-bye.